Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts and the Apostle Peter's first sermon to the people of Israel on the day of Pentecost. Many of these people in the crowd were witnesses to the miracles of Jesus and his crucifixion. Peter's powerful sermon convicted them of their sin along with their complicity with the Jewish leaders. 3,000 who heard Peter's message repented and accepted Christ. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he continues with the narrative of Peter's sermon in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Jesus is Lord and Christ. Now you would have to be God. You would have to know the end from the beginning. You would have to not be bound by the progress of time in order to describe things before they happen. That's part of the testimony of the Bible. Absolute, 100% perfect accuracy in the fulfillment of everything that has been predicted and has been fulfilled. And there are still some things yet to be fulfilled. And guess how they're going to be fulfilled? Just as predicted. That's precisely what we have in these two verses. Notice the words prophet, knew, looked ahead, and spoke. They're all related because David, as a prophet of God, was given this resurrection or this, this uh, prediction of the resurrection to come in the future when the Messiah would rise from the dead. Now, Peter is preaching about the fulfill, fulfillment of David's words. So, if you notice very carefully, David or uh, Peter changed the tense of the verbs. David made it present tense. Peter made it past tense. Because David was looking forward to the resurrection of the Messiah, Peter was preaching about, he's that guy that just ascended a few days ago. You see the reasoning? Psalm 16 speaks of a resurrection. David wrote the psalm, but he hasn't been resurrected yet. The prediction can't be about him. And based on the promises about David's descendant, the Messiah, we discern he wrote a prediction of the Messiah's resurrection. And the argument is conclusive. Jesus, the Nazarene, is the Messiah. Look at verse 32. This Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Now, to which we are all witnesses, that will refer specifically, most directly, to the 12 apostles, but many more, maybe all possibly of those 120 that were gathered in that room had seen Jesus alive after the, after the resurrection. And we know that Jesus appeared to a total of over 500 people after He was raised from the dead. There may have been many of those in the crowd. So again, Peter can preach in a way we can't, to which we are all witnesses. Now, I can bear witness. Jesus rose from the dead. I know it. I know it for sure. And I know it because God wrote it in His Word. Peter said, um, we know. We are witnesses. 
But there's something even more marvelous about the certainty with which Peter and the others preached on the resurrection. Anyone there that day, as I said, Peter could have led a field trip over to David's tomb. It's full. And you know what? You're going to see it over and over again through Acts. They could preach, Jesus rose from the dead. He could have taken them to that tomb where uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took Jesus' body if they took it down from the cross, and they could all go there and see that that giant stone had been removed from the entrance to the tomb. They could interview the women who had been there and seen Jesus in person. They could see that the tomb is still empty. Oh, and by the way, it's pretty powerful preaching because nobody ever produced a dead body. That would have ended the whole thing. He was resurrected. And by the way, I should point out, no one was dumb enough to buy the story that the Pharisees and Sadducees had bought and paid for, that story that says that the disciples had stolen the body while the Roman soldiers were asleep. Scared, uh, fearful disciples don't tippy-toe past soldiers trained to guard things. Soldiers trained to guard things don't fall asleep. And they don't all come up with the same story that describes exactly in detail what happened while they were sound asleep. I think God put that in Matthew 28 just so we could have some humor in the Bible to illustrate the absurdity that people who hate God will go to. Well, Jesus lived. You nailed Him to a cross. God raised Him up again. David predicted the resurrection. David is still dead, but Jesus is alive And He sent the Holy Spirit. At this point, Peter circles back to what it was that attracted the crowd that day, that noise, those tongues of fire, those languages being spoken. And look at verses 33 to 35. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. That's the third Old Testament reference. This one from Psalm 110 verse 1. And this one, Jesus himself had quoted to respond to and to refute one of the sinister questions asked to asked him by the Pharisees. You know, that last week before the cross, he went to the temple every day and people, they, they took turns coming at him. The Pharisees tried to trip him up. The Sadducees tried to trip him up. The Herodians tried to trip him up. And Jesus won every one of the arguments. But look over at Matthew 22, verses 41 to 46, and you'll see him use this same quote from Psalm 110. It says, now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ, the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Psalm 110, verse 1. Jesus says, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? 
No one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. Now, I promised you this sermon from Peter was going to lead us where everyone needs to go. Let's go there. Jesus lived. You nailed him to a cross. God raised him up again. David predicted the resurrection. David is still dead, but Jesus is alive. He sent the Holy Spirit. Therefore, know for certain Jesus is Lord and Christ. This is the point to which every single person on the planet needs to be brought. Verse 36, therefore, let all the house of Israel know. Now, he was preaching to a Jewish audience. We could say, let the whole world know. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. It all centers on Him. Peter has laid out precise, and I would say overwhelming evidence from Jesus' life and death and resurrection and exaltation and from the Word of God. He is the Messiah. Now, there's that little phrase, for certain. That's a translation of a form of a Greek word that's really cool. It's one of those words that you know the root of this word, even though that you don't know it's the root of this word. It's the root from which we get asphalt. And this is in an adverb form, in an asphalt-like way. This is a rock-solid argument from Scripture. You can know just like a giant block of asphalt hitting you in the head, this is real. This is a solid argument. And from those people who had seen and heard everything that day, you can know for certain. Not He doesn't say you can know. Let all of them know. He's commanding you. Know. This is true. This, this is what you have to deal with. Jesus is the Messiah. The word Lord means master. Jesus is the master. He purchased us from our slavery to sin to set us free so that we can now call Him Lord and we are His slaves. We do His bidding for His glory. The word Christ is the Greek that means anointed one, which is the meaning of the Hebrew word Messiah. Here's where Peter was taking everyone on that day. What you believe about Jesus of Nazareth and what you do about that determines your eternal destiny. Now, you already have an eternal destiny. The grave is not the end. There is life after death. The default setting for every person since Adam is that we all deserve eternity in the lake of fire because all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. That word that's translated sin there in Romans 3.23, as in all have sinned, it's that archery term. You've heard it before, hamartia. If you have ever missed the center of the bullseye, even once, even for a millisecond, on any subject, anywhere, in word, thought, or deed, you've missed what it takes to be in heaven. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.